All right, y'all, we're at the Libertarian Party State Convention here in uh, Manchester, Tennessee. Yes. And uh, here with us is Cole Ebel. Now, Cole, you're a businessman. Is that right? And That's you're also correct. a an alderman. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Not <I'm> older. <laughs> An alderman. I'm an alderman in it's, Carthage, Tennessee. Yes. We said we weren't going to call it that though, because it sounds kind of kind of corrupt, and that's definitely not what you're doing at all. I know, yeah. which is why we're just going to say you're you're on the city council. Yes, yes, yes. Libertarian Cal- elected city council member. Correct, correct. The, the actual libertarian, like libertarian party elected member in government. Well, I mean, I, it's it's a um, it is a nonpartisan race. We've kept it that way on okay. the city, um, but um, I mean, I'm pretty loud about. As far as where my political alliances are, um, not that it even I even consider alliance, but more of a um, principle um, and a viewpoint. So, um, how's that been received? Um, it, that's kind of a loaded question. Uh, with the government, it's it's not been received very well. It's it's very. Um, you make a lot of enemies um, in the government because basically government is not designed to be limited at this stage in our um, in our republic democracy or whatever the heck it is right now. Um, it's it's designed to grow. It's designed to it's designed for people who seek more power um, as opposed to more service. So trying to limit that power inside the government against officials who are seeking power and seeking control. It, it's it's an uphill battle now receiving on the uh, side as far as the community and my constituents it's gone over extremely well um, basically all I've had to do is do what I said which is transparency and bringing transparency to issues like hey this is what's really going on and getting people more involved at least watching some of these meetings or listening or reading about these meetings now how did you get involved and in, in want to run for city council you're a business owner right you have at least two businesses that I know of, Cumberland Cannabis and uh, Evil Tavern. Is that right? That's correct. Cumberland Cannabis and Evil's Tavern. Um, yes. Yeah, so um, I didn't. I actually started Evil's Tavern the year before I ran for elected office, and then the year after I ran for elected office, I started Cumberland Cannabis. So I don't know. I went on this thing of like, let's see how busy I can get. <laughs> um, and I've I, I stopped. Hate sleep. Yes, I stopped doing after 2019. I was like, I'm not going to add anything else. But um, I got involved, basically. I, I kind of got, I, I come from the right side of the aisle. I come from the Republican Party. Um, I got sold on basically like everything um, the right had to offer, except for the fact that I had people that would challenge me like, hey, I know you believe in the Constitution. I know you're constitutionalist. Well, what your party does is not constitutional. And they weren't they weren't argumentative with me. They weren't combative. They just pointed out some things because they knew my my zeal and my passion. And sure enough, I'd read into it and say, you know what? They're exactly right. They challenged me. And then I started seeing that um, I might be a libertarian. What really set me off was back in 2013. You all probably remember that whole government shutdown situation. Um, I'm a veteran, and what happened during that time was they first shut down the government, the uh, veterans' memorials, which that's something that means a lot to me. Um, doesn't mean I have to agree with the wars, but it also means that I still honor those who, um, you know, fought and died beside us. Um, that that really kind of set me off. But then we found out in the middle of a war that we're trying to fight, um, they shut down death gratuities for uh, fallen service members. 
that's where I basically said the two-party system is a joke. I'm done with this whole system. I showed up to the 2016 National Libertarian Convention. I decided, yep, I'm one of these people, I guess. <laughs> and, uh, and then just started going from there. Um, but the framework I saw is like, as libertarians, we should be trying to localize and retract government and where government works as a top-down organization um, we're playing the same game with them when we go after these larger seats and I thought you know I feel like we can make a lot more of an impact at these smaller seats and work work the way we should be and these are attainable seats these are things that we can come in um, and an actual make a difference which we are and so that's really where um, that's been my strategy, that's been my ideology, and that's really where I've where I've come come to now. Do you think it's still good for uh, like the Libertarian Party to focus a lot on national elections, or should we be focusing more on the local? I really feel like we need to be focusing on the local. I'm not going to bash anyone on the national elections, but I do think that we we focus way too heavy on national elections. Um, I I feel like we have this whole personality cult agenda driven. Uh, nonsense sometimes in the party and I, I don't care who gets offended by that it is it's it's nonsense and it, and what we need to be selling is an idea we need to stop selling um people i'm gonna make a change for you i'm gonna fix this i'm gonna fix that you're not gonna do nothing i'm not here to do anything i'm here to get government out of the way so you can make your own successes or problems whatever you want to do that's your prerogative it's not mine and so us and i'm not gonna again like i said i mean a national level to bring people in, yes. I, I watch Gary Johnson do it. I watch him bring people into the party. That, as far as bringing people in, absolutely. As a recruitment tool, I think the national level is great. <laughs> God, I love Tom. Tom. Tom lives, like, right next door to me, pretty much. Y'all can't see it on camera, but uh, Mr. Tom Arnold. Tom Arnold is stripping. He's, He's trying to doing be. a little strip show. <laughs> it's a libertarian us. convention, I guess, so yeah. what else? <laughs> <laughs> um, but as far as, um, you know, like... Getting the message out there, yes. Uh, Joe Jor Jorgensen, I can never say her name right. Did I say it right? Uh, close enough. Okay, cool. Like, yeah. Joe's Joe awesome. Jorgensen. Jorgensen, yeah. Yeah. She, I mean, she, again, statistics show she brought a lot of people to the party, new people. And that's what we need to do because, you know what, we're going to all develop our own ideologies once we're in the party. Um, the point of the party being that we don't force those ideologies on other people. Otherwise, we're kind of getting hypocritical, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think this is really cool because, it, you know, a lot of times we talk about all the problems that we're that, that's being faced, right? And what people want are solutions. And I, so I think this is a, this is a solution that, that makes your local office, what, whether that be uh, mayor, city council, county commissioner, whatever that could be, you have, you have a lot of power in a small sphere where you can go and, and, and affect actual change and you can do it at the local level, and it's attainable. Absolutely, and and to be honest with you, this is what I try to point out to people, and it's it's uh, it, most people don't know the answer to this, but here's the here's the question: Where does power lie? And the answer to that is power lies where people believe it lies. And I'm not trying to copy Spike. I love Spike to death, but he's absolutely he's absolutely right. We are our own power, and if we believe that power resides in ourselves. That's where it legitimately resides. Once we start not believing that power relies on these tyrants, we do what we want, then that's power right there. But when we continually think that these people are elevated above us, that these people can control us, that these people can tell us what to do, well, we just gave them the power, and we shouldn't be doing that. And um, showing people that these are positions of servitude, 
I am scum. I am the low, low level of anyone in that city. I'm, I exist to serve. Everyone else is higher ranked than me. And trying to push that item out there to people to show them that that is exactly how it works, when people start believing that, they're not going to need individual figureheads. They're going to see an idea, and ideas live on forever. We're individuals. <laughs> I'm going to screw up. I'm going to mess up. And one day I'm going to die. Are you sure about that? I mean, that, that with advances in modern science, uh, that, you know, I we mean, might all be okay. I've been trying to think that way lately, you know? Yeah, I mean, it is possible. I mean, we could really advance MNRA <laughs> technology, and it, it may be actually <laughs> effective at some I hear point. they're doing some really, really big-scale experiments right now with it, so I think it's going to... We'll see whether or not it's a, it ends up being a decent technology. Absolutely. You know, I, I, I like those, you know, I like those alien movies where they live forever and they get on yeah. the ships, you yeah. know? That's, yeah. yeah. I'm just saying I want to I blackmail everyone. Yeah, absolutely. There's a chance. Yeah. You know? <laughs> just saying there's a chance. Yes. Now, okay, what do you say, though? Like, a lot of what happens is things in in our world happens or in your local th uh, life happens, and a most people look to the government for the answer. I mean, obviously, COVID-19 was a perfect example of that, I think, where, um, it, where at least... Uh, we had a scary disease initially where nobody nobody actually knew what was going to happen. Um, I will admit that in the first couple of weeks, I thought, oh, this could be the, this could be it. You know, this could be the the fearful pandemic we've all talked about or learned about. Um, and so people then look to the government for a solution. Um, and you're saying like, hey, I'm I'm the lowly guy. Like, I don't have any power. It's, you're the one with the power. What, how do you. I guess, how do you inverse that to be like, okay, I can offer you a solution by telling you that you're capable of creating it yourself without offering something tangible, I guess. Absolutely. I mean, I can sit here and I can put my opinion like, this is what I think about it. But at the end of the day, that's all it is, is what I think about it. What you want to do with that information that I shared with you, whether I'm a subject matter expert or not, um, that's up to you. And, and we're, we're living in a culture filled with subject matter experts where I'm a subject matter expert. That means everyone should listen to me. No, I mean, you're there to give information. And what we do with that information is called liberty. We can decide to take that information or ignore that information. You can easily say, hey, um, the consensus of scientists believe this. Okay, well, that's cool if you start firing and dismissing all the scientists that oppose you, okay? Like, this is, I mean, it's just yeah. common sense. And I know this is a controversial statement. I mean, obviously, this virus was real, but the government's reaction was terrible. It was completely awful. It was catastrophic, actually. yes. And, and wh whatever side of the aisle you're on on that or wherever your viewpoint is on it, it was a terrible response. And everyone wants to blame and cause fear. But what, 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 has, what has been for sale the past uh, three years or past 20 years for that matter? Fear. And that's what's for sale. That's constantly what they sell. That's the only way they can sell them. I mean, you watch it. The only reason government can exist is exactly what you say. How uh, I'm scared of this. I need the government to help. And at the end of the day, the government has a uh, the worst track record ever of solving these fears. All it does is attacks our liberties, gives them more power where power should not exist. And here we are going in this circle. I feel like when you're in a really terrible situation, uh, I don't, I can't imagine the first thing through your head's like, oh man, you know who could really fix this? 
the government. That's the <laughs> ones. That's who's going to take care of this whole problem. Like, what track record the people have where, the, where they would even think about that in the first place? That's the last person I would go to to solve a problem. They don't even have the incentive to solve a problem, you know? Now you, let, let if me, there's no problems, how are you going to run for an election? Let me white pill this for you. Yeah. Because that's what we're doing today. Oh, are we right? white pilling today? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so... I think the good thing that came about this, though, especially in this day and age where information is prevalent, is that the government wasn't transparent, and so they lied to us. And I think ultimately what you have, what is it, 70, 80 million Americans who refuse to be vaccinated, regardless of the benefits that it could possibly bring, um, all on principle of, hey, you lied. We can clearly tell you're, you're a phony and we're not going to participate in this anymore. I'm going to go ahead and say, if somebody lied to you 99 times, probably on the 100th time, the probability is they're still lying. Mm. And I've had friends who were, uh, you know, very pro. And, and, and again, I advocate I'm not, I'm not pro or anti this vaccine. I'm your choice on it, okay? What I do with that is my business, period. Okay, but that being said... They're like, Cole, why are you advocating against this? Or why are you advocating for choice? We should get this done. Um, how do you know all this? Or later on, like, you knew that that was what was going to happen. It's like, I didn't know anything. I had no idea. All I know is that person constantly lies. And so all of a sudden they care about me. They want me to live. They care about our health. I'm sitting here looking around like, no, they don't. They never have. They never will. Um, and that, and I used to work in the pharmaceutical industry, <laughs> so I went from pharmaceuticals to cannabis, and that's, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that, like, pharmaceutical companies actually have your best interest in heart. Uh, they, they do if it makes money, but if you're forced to do something, it makes money irregardless if it's your best interest, if that makes sense. Yeah. I, I've wondered, you just mentioned pharmaceutical, the cannabis industry. Is there any collusion in there between pharmaceuticals and government to maybe hold down the cannabis industry, you think? I, I've speculated on that before, but is that possibly something that could happen? Absolutely. Okay. Um, Followthemoney.org. Just okay. check that website out. Anybody who's going to vote for anything um, that is pro or anti-cannabis, um, you're looking at a product that is a huge, huge anti-inflammatory. It's a non-addictive painkiller. Um, it's, it helps people with anxiety. It helps people with sleep. Um, and again, I, I believe in Western medicine. Absolutely. But I believe that we've, we've deified Western medicine to the point that anything Eastern medicine is, um, a conspiracy theory, <laughs> but yet we have all this science out here. And, and at the end of the day, it comes down to, I can grow a plant in my backyard that can, uh, cost me little to next to nothing. And it competes with your product that, um, might cost five, $600 after going through your bureaucratic BS, um, insurance companies and your whole system. Um, yeah, that's a threat. It's a threat to tobacco companies, uh, to alcohol companies. I'm in the alcohol industry as well, but it's a threat because, I mean, you got to take, like, everyone has so much money to spend, okay? We've got $50 a week to spend on cigarettes, beer, cannabis, okay? But it, for a while, it's been cigarettes or beer, okay? But you've only got that $50. So when you start moving it out of these companies and moving it into the other, that's a threat. And that's why it's getting hit. And when you move it out of pharmaceuticals, it's a threat. That's why it's getting hit. And what you're all about is the choice. Like, look, hey, if you like Oxycontin better than taking a, 
a hit of weed, then yeah. that's fine. Have your, that's, I, I have your, you can have your choice. Now I'll give you some education on Oxycontin. Right. I mean, it's something that should very rarely be used. Um, you know, I'm not going to say just because I am against the drug war doesn't mean that I'm going to go promote some of these narcotics whatsoever because I've seen it ruin lives. I've seen it lead to some of my friends' deaths, and I'm not cool with that. Um, but also, again, that was my friend's choices. And as and, and sad as that is, it was their choice. Now, um, I'm going to promote these other things, and I'm going to love on you in a way, and I'm going to educate you to get you to change your mind so you're not using uh, or abusing um, opioids and narcotics such as Oxycontin because I want to see you around because I love you. you know? Right, and there's better alternatives. Absolutely. Absolutely. T tell us about uh, Cumberland Cannabis before we finish up here. That's, yeah. You well, know. actually, first, I wanted to get just a couple on air i wanted to get a couple stories from the city council that you can tell us about okay that from from you providing transparency to the community what's some of the craziest things that's happened from the people who hate you <laughs> yeah so uh, that's why i want to know that first so it, it all kind of started you know i i got into office um everyone said you're not going to win this office i ran against uh, five other people it was a top three seats and i got the number one position there i knocked on every single door i defied everything they said and i completely annihilated what they expected to be a pretty hard solid good old boy system on elections because nice. everyone's everyone who i knocked on the door for the most part was like we've got to shut this system down it's broken said hey i'm your guy and got elected in there and i just showed transparency so they thought that that was a uh, just a rally cry you know they kind of started inviting me in the club he's elected we can get him in here you know he's a young guy he's influential I'm not influential. <laughs> I can't, it's very hard to influence. There's a few people that can influence me, and the main people that influence me are my community. That's that's where I am influential is my community influences me. Going into that transparency, I started being transparent. Like, hey, what's going on with this project? Everyone should know how a sewer plant works. They should know how a water treatment plant works. Going in there and taking pictures of how these go, they're like, oh, you're being a terrorist. You're taking pictures of sensitive stuff. And I'm like, I'm not taking pictures of sensitive stuff. This is what I did in the Army. It's not sensitive. That started a, <laughs> that started a, big, uh, a, a big deal with uh, with within the city council then these peasants can't know about this they can't know where their water comes from <laughs> yeah so um and and not that they were doing anything shady what was shady is they weren't letting me show the public what they do that was the shady part right. they were doing everything great we have a great water treatment plant i wouldn't trade them for, for i wouldn't trade those employees for anybody same in our sewer treatment plant great people but it still is our sewer our water and guess where sewage goes back into the water so we want to know how that's done um then you move forward to like lowering property taxes um this is i know this is the story you want to hear um, mm -hmm. a couple years ago or i guess it was like a year ago maybe um i was in a city council meeting and the first resolution i was working on was a um, second amendment sanctuary city basically that says uh, we will not comply with any uh, second amendment violations on the city um on the city government side if it comes down from the federal or the state doing that um they shut me down right away they started really getting pretty strict about robert's rules order they'll, they'll apply it to me they won't apply it to anybody else <laughs> so i was like okay we'll play robert's rules then and so the second time my second issue that came up was the property tax and i said well i'm just going to read off my resolution and why and everything on it because it's a huge written document uh, i'm a councilman i'm supposed to be writing these resolutions um, get interrupted by the mayor. She's banging the gavel. She's like, you're out of order. You're out of order. And I say, uh, I'm not out of order. You're out of order. 
you, uh, this is my, I've got time. No, you're out of order, back and forth, back and forth. You got and the floor, essentially. I had the floor. Mm-hmm. And you, it doesn't matter if you're the chair or whoever. I don't care if you don't get it. That's against procedures. I've got the floor. Um, so, anyways, that being said, uh, kicked me out. Um, the silver lining on it was that uh, uh, the next council meeting, they had to reflect the minutes to say, um, well, he was illegally removed. So, I was good with that. But the... the that was the thing that you see, maybe we lost that battle because we didn't get our property taxes lowered, but everybody got to see what happened and how much fight they went against that. And everyone gets to see that. And so now that transparency is out there, that idea is out there. Hopefully it inspires more people to run. So it's not just one on five, but maybe starts two or four, three on three, four on two. We start growing this thing. It's not about it. It's not, it's about the long term. That's right. And so, yeah, elections coming up there every four years in Carthage, right? Yes, you're talking correct. about. And so hopefully people see that. And then, like you said, they, they'll maybe want to run for office because they see the corruption happening in, on such a small government scale, really. I mean, the yeah. city council is, you know, pretty, pretty small. And so then, uh, then that can expand outwards from there. So. Well, as the government gets bigger, it gets less corrupt, though. Is what I heard. You know, right? <laughs> you just see it on a lot bigger scale. It's the local governments that can be really bad. You know, yeah. I get I get uh, crap because everybody's like, you should run for state seat or, or governor and all this stuff. And I'm like, no, I don't I don't think we should have state offices. <laughs> city ain't fixed I, I yet. Think, <laughs> I think we should be all localized, like let everybody be localized. Like, why do we need I mean, what does the state do for me? Um, you know, like I'm not getting anything from them. But anyways. Yeah. All right. Well, tell us about uh, your uh, evil's tavern. Tell us about Cumberland camp. Uh, sorry. Yeah, Cumberland Cannabis. Yeah, yeah. And, so uh, where they can find, where everybody can find your stuff. Absolutely. If you're ever in Tennessee and you're in Middle Tennessee, come by Carthage to uh, Ebel's Tavern. It's located downtown on the square, across from the historic courthouse. Um, you can check us out online at ebelstavern.com. We serve steak and seafood. Got live music. We play poker. We play darts. I mean, it's just a community. If you want to just get in and see what the locals are doing, it's a local restaurant. But we are very, very inviting of anyone from anywhere in all walks of life. We're not. We're not going to be a uh, shut-in town. We're legitimately, you know, southern hospitality down there. Um, and then Cumberland Cannabis is a, um, we're a, we're actually kind of two parts. We're a wholesale distribution company, but we also do sell to the public. You can find all of our products on cumberlandcannabisco.com. Um, we deal with cannabis. Um, there are, everybody says there's marijuana and there's hemp. And I tell them, okay, there's good dogs and they're bad dogs, but they're still dogs and it's all still cannabis. So you can pretty much get about anything you're looking for at cumberlandcannabis.co.com and uh, we'll, we'll get you all taken care of. Awesome. Well, Cole, thanks for dropping by. It's, yeah. it's a pleasure talking to you. Appreciate you all. Thank you. All right. Take care.